Tom Chick, you are listening to the Quarter to Three Games Podcast that I am here to bring you with Mr. Jason T. McMaster. That's hey, hi, me. Jason. Hello, Jason. <laughs> uh, and then we also have, and this is a cool way we're doing it this week, uh, we have a correspondent to, to tell us about something very exciting going on. It's actually ended now, but he's going to stick around and do the whole podcast with us. We have Mr. Dave Perkins. Hello, Dave. Hello, Tom. Hello, Jason. Hello, quarter to three world. And uh, you apparently just, it must have been a very harrowing day for you. Am I correct? Yes, it was a sad day. A sad day. It was day. a sad day. A sad and harrowing day. Wow. Oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. I think are that's a talk- spoiler. Are you talking about my one-week anniversary for my ACL surgery? <laughs> oh, that's, ah, I didn't realize. I, I, I have much bigger fish to fry than your bionic knee. Uh, ah. But is that is that what we're looking at today? You've had a bionic knee now for one week. I have. And uh, the doctor said when I was coming out of my uh, general anesthetic that it couldn't have gone better. At least I think he said that. That's what I choose to believe he said. Good. Uh, and it hasn't, like, fallen off or anything. It's not like when you uh, buy something, furniture from Ikea, and you put it together, and then one of the legs falls off. Like, it's, it's stuck together. It's no mishaps, right? No mishaps yet, but I, I was told by the physical therapist that over the next three months, my body will try to consume it to rid itself of this, you know, cadaver ligament. So in three months, it's actually going to be weaker than ever, and then it'll start to, I don't know, be accepted by my body, mm-hmm. and then six months from now, I'll be fine again. So what you're saying is that if any of us wants to take you on in a foot race, three months', three months. time is, is our optimal chance to beat you. Exactly. One on I- by the way, uh, when you talk about your, your body rejecting your knee, I can't help but think of... Uh, this is a, a weird frame of reference, but it's where my mind goes. Uh, Raquel Welch being attacked by the killer seaweed in uh, that Fantastic Voyage movie, where they shrink everybody down to go into somebody's body, and they have to fight the antibodies, and they all stick onto Raquel Welch. Am I the only one who's seen that? You guys yeah, don't know that? Yeah, it's probably you. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, do you not know that? Come on, it's a famous scene. She's Raquel Welch in that skin-tight outfit with the seaweed stuff sticking to her. No? No one? Are you are you kidding? I was I was pubescent when that came out and of course I remember that. See, see Jason T. McMaster, see? <laughs> yeah, well I, I had the Red Shoe Diaries. This <laughs> <laughs> is Alman King's finest work. <laughs> uh so Dave, other than uh recovering nicely from your uh ESL surgery? Is that your, ESL? your KLF surgery. Uh, other than that, what what of note happened to you today? Well, the first uh, time I appeared on your podcast was to announce the Frozen Synapse tournament, and it ended today at about noon Eastern time. So it when can't... I took my last turn and watched my last two guys get gunned down. Now, do they? Does that mean you won? No, my guys were shot dead. So usually you don't win. Although I did win a game recently with no guys left alive, um, but it wasn't in the tournament. It was in the other tournament. 
the beta tournament. The, the, the upcoming one, but let's let's. I want to hear about that in a second. But so this means you, we do not have the good fortune to have on this podcast the winner of the quarter to three <laughs> frozen synapse tournament. That's what you're telling me, Dave. Do you want to start over? Because I could yeah. probably get Glorious Mess to come on and you know crow a bit. <laughs> no, I came in second. Um, it would be unseemly, don't you think, for me to win my own tournament? Yeah. Oh, you know good point. Yeah. 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 That's sort of does seem like creepy. Uh, so, yeah. so Glorious Mess, then, is the best Frozen Synapse player on all of quarter to three. You know, I <laughs> guess I would say he is, because he beats uh, me, mm-hmm. which is saying something. And Blips, to get into the finals, he had to beat Blips, who I thought was surely going to be my opponent in the finals, and then he was going to, you know, beat me about the head and neck. But he didn't make it. I was really surprised. Um, but the, the second tournament has all three of these people in it and more really good players that are, you know, learning fast. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I don't know who's going to win the second one. The second one is underway? It is underway. It's like three quarters of the way towards the elimination bracket. Okay. Uh, now, tell us, it, does Frozen Synapse lend itself to uh, a recap of a match? For instance, can you tell us how your Inglorious Mess's final game went? Without it being like really boring, like it, like sometimes when people describe their games of Civ Five, they think yeah. it's really interesting, but it's really boring. Uh, is Frozen Synapse such a game, or can you make us excited about how this final match went? It is so I don't know if ironic is the right word, coincidental that you would, at least is the right word that you pick. You know, the fifth game of of the finals, which is the deciding game, mm-hmm. uh, as to illustrate whether this could be boring or not, because it was. Um, the sing- single-handedly the worst, most boring Frozen Synapse game that one could <laughs> conceive. He he put his units in a little pile and then didn't move them for 12 straight turns and won. Yeah, we call that camping, and that's generally for noobs. Yeah, you got, yeah. Pwned, you got pwned by a noob, dude. Oh. <laughs> no, I got... I feel like I got beaten at math camp by a bigger nerd. Because... <laughs> I mean, he did the right thing. It's a game where you bid on territory, like, I'll defend this territory. And I bid on some random square that I thought would be, like, small enough to let him win the bid because I just didn't want to think about it. So he won the bid. Then he picked a corner in which he could see the essentially every approaching, every avenue of approach. And he put his guys in. He said he spent a half an hour pixel by pixel moving his guys around before he finally, like, submitted his first turn. And then he didn't do anything but submit, submit, submit for the rest of the game. Whereas my two little guys did this sort of pathetic dance all around trying to find a way in. And then finally they just sacrificed themselves. They just, like, <laughs> left the trench and charged and were machine-gunned back into the trench before they even got their heads out. It almost sounds like he lost this game in the bidding phase before it even oh, started. Totally. Yeah, totally. It really was like a math problem, and he just did it faster and better. But the other four games, let me just say, let me pick one in particular. Uh, it was a, an elimination game, which just means kill the other guys. There's no bidding or anything. Just start and just try to win with... By killing more of the other guy, then you get killed. And we had two machine guns and a grenade launcher each. And I've never played a game where after each turn I slapped my forehead. I mean, a Frozen Synapse game where I slapped my forehead so much after each turn thinking, oh, of course I should have done this, and of course I should have done that. Every turn, practically, I should have fired my grenade at a different spot. And in retrospect, I I think, 
I, I could have known that. I should have known that. But he just outthought me, and he was aggressive and, and just really smart, and uh, I wasn't. And I think that was the that was the game that makes me feel like he's totally, totally uh, a champion. Uh, game five was just an aberration, and he did great, but it was just kind of a letdown for the final and deciding game. Now, is he in the, he's in the beta tournament, right? Yeah, he is. He is. He's doing really well, of course. Uh, he, uh, I, I don't want... I'm rooting against him. Ooh, why do you always root against my uh, opponents? Is it just, well, like, favor to me, or...? No, no, no. Well, that... that no, no. Actually, not at all. Uh, if you were in the lead, I would root against you. Hmm. Well, thank you. I think you did root against me in the in uh, Dominions when I was playing a bunch of newbies. Remember that? I do. Uh, I do. Dominions <laughs> 3. Yeah, and it paid off. I lost, so... I did yeah. lose that game. I, I, I've never I, won a game of... Uh, yeah, I haven't either. Uh, I don't even really know what the hell's happening. <laughs> it took you me know, about six years to finally figure out I knew what was happening. Six <laughs> years. Uh, I'm guessing that might be your game of the week, but hold that thought. Hold that thought. We don't want any spoilers. So, so my game uh, of the week came out before that. Wow. Go ahead. Wow, that's <laughs> retro. Well, congratulations to Glorious Mess. Uh, that's a fantastic victory. He will get recognition on his uh, a little custom title thing. However, that will cycle. Once the beta tournament, you know, he'll have to defend that. He'll have to defend Ooh. his custom title. So that's not Ooh. a permanent fixture. Way to up the ante. Yeah, oh, that's only one person. There can be only one. It's a very Highlander kind of deal. Uh, and by the way, I just want to say, we have a similar thing going that you kind of inspired with uh, an iPhone game called Ascension, which is based on a, it's a deck-building card game. It's a, it's a tabletop game, and there's a port yeah. on the iPhone. Uh, and we've got a tournament going there. Hmm. Uh, we've only done our first, I don't know tournament language, we've done our first brackets or our first tier or our first layer of the cake or whatever you call it, the first row, I don't, I don't know what you call Welcome it. Welcome to the layer cake. I'm sorry. Yeah, right. Well, that's we're on the second layer of the layer cake. <laughs> uh, and I, I beat, I won my first game. Uh, Good so job. Very exciting. Um, but we'll also get a custom title as well. I, I think these should float for various tournaments. Um, this is why I curse the name of Tom Chick because every time I think I'm not going to play something, I, he makes me want to play something. Really now, is, are you are you playing Ascension? No, no, I don't have an iPhone. I have an iPhone. Touch, but I don't know where the hell it is. So. Uh, <laughs> that's that's what I've got too. I don't have an iPhone. I have an iPod. Oh, yeah, that's right. We were pretending we had iPhones. Right. right. I can hold it up to my uh, head and pretend I'm making a phone call. And to all for all intents and purposes, any bystanders would think, "Hey, that guy's got an iPhone." It's really skinny. It must be an iPhone 12. Right. It's the plus. He's, he stole it. <laughs> don't tell Steve. Uh, so, uh, Jason McMaster, Jason T. McMaster, you need you should get in on this Ascension uh, tournament. Well, the next one, I, I guess. You're, you're, you're yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a great game. It's really quick. Uh, I'm up against, and I'm a little scared. I just started my game against Justin Fletcher, and I... Oh, God. Guy, <laughs> like, don't, don't friend him on Xbox Live, because he'll get, like, high score. He'll just, he'll humiliate you. Basically, like, if you want to beat, play Pinball Effects 2. And be friends with Justin Fletcher. You no, you don't. well, you do if you want your little wizard robes. But uh, no, don't don't. That guy should not be on anyone's friends list unless they just need uh, a sort of an exercise in humility. Yeah, you know, that's that's the, that's Justin Fletcher's role in my life on my high scores lists. It's yeah, to teach me is, humility. He's like the glorious mess of uh, pinball. He oh, is. Oh, oh yeah. 
pinball in, <laughs> in lots of games. Like I, I think he's probably yeah. I'm I'm real nervous about this ascension thing. He's gonna knock me down, and we have a whole separate like loser bracket thing. A fellow named Didums is running our uh, tournament, and hey, he Didums. Hey Didums, he set up a bracket for losers, and I'm afraid I might end up there. So we'll oh. see. Well, he played. He's playing in the Frozen Synapse tournament too. Oh, well, that's what we appealed. We So we had a thread going for Ascension, and we were like, look at all the fun those guys are having playing Frozen Synapse. Why can't we do that with Ascension? And ah. uh, did expose to the occasion, and he was like, okay, I'll, uh, I kind of see what they're doing. That's how he knows, I guess, because he's playing, and he volunteered to organize ours. So does he have uh, achievements? He does not. He's no Dave Perkins. Achievements? Well, maybe <laughs> achievements, you know, like... Well, maybe you heard me, and you're just being funny. Um, but well, anyway, is Chivos is the cool kids. The oh yeah, master way to to talk about achievements. Oh, I am the one who's dorky. Oh, okay, but you are. Yeah. that's understood. Yeah. We wouldn't expect a math teacher to talk that way. In but... fact, you know, let, let me just break this out here because I've really been wanting to broach the subject, but I'm trying to get a, a steam achievement term coined, and I want to call them steamies. Nice. <laughs> Should that know, be I, a, it's uncomfortable. Should that be a, an achievement that's really not a good achievement? Could be called steamy? <laughs> like could be. In, in the beta tournament for Frozen Synapse, there's a uh, an achievement, quote-unquote, called... Well, it doesn't matter what it's called. I'll ask you about that in a minute because I actually have a question about that for both of you. But uh, <laughs> if, somebody, if somebody ducks their rocket launcher and then fires it right into a wall and kills themselves, they get an achievement. So it should be like a bad achievement, right? Like you're a dork. And somebody actually achieved that for real in a match that he won. Uh, like he, 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 he admitted, like, I did that on purpose, or I did that by mistake. Um, anyway, so he got the achievement. He gets his achievement points. But the name of the achievement is Herp Derp, uh, which I've seen a lot of people using lately to describe just being stupid. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. Herp Derp. Absolutely. The first, yeah. the first time I saw that was in a Kate Beaton, one of her Harka Vagrant. Oh, I love her. Oh my God. She's comics. Awesome. Yeah. Me too. And the uh, she had like a jester dancing, and he was going a herp derp or something like that. And I thought, is that the first time it was ever used, and it's caught on from her? Do you guys I don't know? know? I don't know. I'm going oh. to consult the Oxford English Dictionary right here. <laughs> I'm sure that you'll and, find that. Oh, I see that Marlowe used it in one of his Jacobian dramas in 1560. Oh. <laughs> that just, that <laughs> just makes sense. Wait. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. Uh, but no, Herp Derp, I think, has been around for a while. I don't know who this woman is you guys are talking about. but uh, Oh, she's a, uh, like... She's really into history, and she draws comics. And there, yeah, that's you lost me at that second part. Draws comics. That's so like, oh, okay, that's like why I don't know who that comic is. strips, though, like stuff right, like you, Archie, right? Kind yeah. of like Archie, except funny <laughs> right. and re- and relevant <laughs> and relevant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I anyways, yeah, Steamies is a great idea. Maybe I'll for the next tournament I'll use. I'll, well, it's not on Steam, but I mean, I'll, I'll do it. it though, I mean, I'll do what can. I can. Okay. You can get it on Steam, but you can't put your achievements naturally. But you know, oh, right. but sure. But uh, no, I, hey, I endorse it. So, do yeah. you guys, when you're playing a game on Steam, do you look at your friends' achievements, like what they've done? Yes. Oh. Do you do that, Dave? Does that matter to you? I don't really play any games on Steam. Oh well, that takes care of that. Okay. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm obsessive compulsive. Uh, I can't. Well, I will do that with Xbox with the 360. I don't oh, yeah. really do that because I've been playing a Steam game a lot lately and uh, watching the achievements rack up. 
And I wish, you know, I feel like I should maybe compare how I'm doing to other people, but I just haven't gotten around to it. I don't even know if it's that easy. Can I do that easily, like compare my yeah, achievements with can. another person on the team? Okay. Yeah, you can. Uh, if I can't remember if it's from the game page or from their, like, uh, profile page, but you can. I, um, yeah, the only reason I really started like doing that on Steam is like Team Fortress has like five million achievements and like they keep adding to it. So at one point I had like over half the achievements. I think I'm down to like thirty three percent now. And that's like a hundred and something. Okay, uh, so here's something then that bothers me about those Steve Steam achievements, Steamies as as you want to call them, uh Jason T. McMaster. Oh yeah, uh, Steve. The uh they have there's achievement inflation. They can just keep pumping achievements into the economy. Right, right. Whereas on the Xbox 360, you have a pool of 1,000 points, and then with an, an add-on or an expansion or that DLC, you get another 200 points. Right. But the achievements have a fixed value, whereas there's just so much achievement inflation on Steam that I couldn't care less. Right. I mean, the only thing that really matters about the achievements on Steam is you really just kind of try to complete one game, or at least I do. Like, uh, I mean, I never will, probably, for most of the games I play, like Left 4 Dead and all that. Uh, some of those are real pain in the ass, and I've got a ton of them. But um, Team Fortress 2, I'll probably never get. But it's just something to, like, mess around with, I guess, if you're right. obsessive about or get really into a game like I did with Leopard Dead and Team Fortress 2, then, you know, it gives you at least something to shoot for when you're just playing around or whatever. I will say one of the things I do like about the way Steam does achievements is you can pick a game and you can look at the overall population playing the game, what yeah. percentage of them has gotten each achievement. I think that's a pretty cool way to break it down. Yeah, that's that's one thing I, I do really like about it. Um, you know, and one thing that they've done recently with achievements that was interesting was they said that they would re release these uh, Left 4 Dead 2 maps, uh, well, remakes of Left 4 Dead 1 maps for Left 4 Dead 2, earlier if enough people over certain weekends got certain achievements in the game and it, you know, it involved the community. And, of course, all the achievements were met, so they've released two of those maps. Um, but they do stuff like that on occasion. Right. It's kind of interesting. Uh, Dave Perkins, what is your gamer score on Xbox Live? I don't have an Xbox Live account either, which kind of reminds me. Well, I do as of last week because I wanted to buy Bastion, and I didn't know how to buy points, so I spent about two hours trying to buy points and put my credit card in, oh, yeah. which just kind of highlights the fact that I'm way behind you guys. And so there might be times during this podcast when I just sort of friend chuckle in a friendly way, which makes it sound like I know what you're talking about, and I probably don't. So just try not to ask me any follow-up questions about my, my friendly chuckles. <laughs> well, I can I can though tell you the answer if somebody asks you what your gamer score is zero exactly uh. less than Tom Chicks. That's what he <laughs> that's what he cares about. Right, that's where I was going with that. <laughs> now before we uh, before we let this conversation veer into an area where Jason T. McMaster can gloat about his super score in Pinball uh, FX2, yeah. let's move on to our format. Speaking of Justin Fletcher. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> God, it's like I get, I feel I've done pretty well, and uh, look at it, Justin. It's just shameful. I'm like have a quarter or maybe a fifth of his score. <laughs> well, hopefully, I will avenge us all by beating him in in our our on our current match in Ascension on the iPhone. Uh, Good luck. Thank you, thank you. This is for all for of you. us. Thank you, thank you, Dave. I appreciate Godspeed. that. Godspeed. Thank you. Uh, 
Jason T. McMaster, what is the format going to be on the show today? Well, we're going to discuss a post of the week, a game mm. of the week, and a ah. new story of the week. I like it. Whoa. I don't in what, what order should we do these in? I don't know. Um, should we? Uh, hey, you know, let's do post. Let's do post. All right. Post of the week. Uh, should we go in alphabetical order? Ah, uh, sure. All right. Uh-oh. Let's <laughs> see. first. Dave, actually, I was thinking alphabetical order is last name. That puts uh, Chick first. Right. So we'll, we'll, we'll do this formal style, uh, and I'll start with uh, my post of the week. My post of the week is in a thread that uh, is titled Gold Box Ahoy. And now does, that, does that mean anything? If you guys were to see somebody... Uh, SSI? Say, yes. Yes. But Dave Perkins, you're old school enough. Do you, are you acquainted with those uh, SSI Advanced Dungeons and Dragons gold box games? I'm not. <gasps> what the heck? Wait, wait, what? You like champ, Death Knights of Kryn means nothing to you, sir. <laughs> I I will chuckle in a friendly way. <laughs> okay, well, we'll take that. I, you know, I totally would have pegged you for a guy who played through all those SSI gold box games. Why, why are you not that person, Dave Perkins? Because I'm a grave disappointment. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, well, okay, fair enough, yeah. Uh, well, the, anyway, so I guess you have not seen this thread. Uh, the thread itself is fairly old. Uh, going back through it, uh, someone named Jag posted a, an image of all of the box covers, like, clustered together. And, and it, that image right there, that was sort of like... That was my childhood, like all those gold box games, because I, you know, I loved playing Dungeons and Dragons, and it was so cool. But you could only do that like on a Friday night with your buddies, and uh, the idea that I could come home from school or whatever and boot up my Apple II and play D and D was just so awesome back back in the day. So somebody had posted this thread because he got all these gold box games working. I think he said off of a thumb drive, you know, it was Mm -hmm. that simple, and he just had a, a little menu and he could jump into any one of the games, but. My favorite post in there is from Brian, and I want to say Sealer, Seller. I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. Brian Sailor. <laughs> sailor actually sounds bad because it's like he's a sailor. I don't. I think it's Sealer. I'm going to assume it's Brian Sealer. Um, and off the top of his head, and I don't know if this is how he was actually posting it, but it seemed like he had seen the thread and jumped in, and off the top of his head was offering suggestions for these what twenty plus year old games uh which which basically his post reads like condensed dungeons and dragons wisdom and it's stuff like uh make sure you get sleep uh secondarily make sure you have stinking cloud oh yeah magic missile is good but make sure you get to fireball but don't abandon magic missile because it'll ratchet up as you get higher levels uh he he has a great tip you know, because you can use the same party through all of these different Dungeons and Dragons games. Oh, yeah. He points out, make sure everybody is human, because if you do some like class, if you do some racial class limitation where there's a, a level cap, you're going to screw yourself by the time you get to one of the later games. You know, have human characters so the leveling's open ended. But I just loved reading Brian's just off the cuff Dungeons and Dragons wisdom. Uh, I, I love that sort of thing. I love how ingrained that is in those of us who played those, those games. Uh, mm. So there we go. That was my post of the week, a little nostalgia. And, and Dave Perkins, it, it would make no sense to you. No, but I enjoyed it anyway. Don't you usually read the post verbatim? Uh, 
you know what? I would, but it would make me sound as nerdy as I am. Oh, uh, I see. Well, we don't want that. Well, you can show off your badass tattoo. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> sorry, sorry. It's a flower. But uh, you know what? I don't think I mentioned when I pointed out that I have a flower tattoo. It's got blood dripping off of it. Did I point that out? Oh shit! Well, um, that's pretty sweet. You pointed that out in the thread okay. later. I just, uh, is uh, it dripping or pouring or spraying or? It's it's dripping. Just dripping one drop. I can't tell you. I think it might be two. I, I can't see it. So I think what happened, I can't believe I'm going to admit this. When I went in to get the tattoo, I picked out a, you know, they have like the pictures up on the wall of you can get this tattoo or this tattoo or this one. And I picked out the flower that had like dew coming off of it. It's like a blue dew drop. And oh, I told the guy, God. make it red like blood. And that's oh. that. And, and thus my tattoo was born. <laughs> did, he, did he stifle the laugh into his closed fist? Oh no, he's. I'm sure this guy. Professional tattooists are used to to young dumb kids coming in getting stupid tattoos. They, they're they, they have like acting training to not giggle at, at tattoo choices. I believe. I would have to. Uh, have you have you ever run into somebody who had the flower tattoo with the actual original dew? You know what? I have not. But my tattoo actually, I got in Amsterdam. So it's a it's a. I, I, if people go to this particular tattoo parlor in Amsterdam and got a tattoo, they might have this. So the pool of people I run into who are at that place in Amsterdam is pretty small. Anders. Uh, Anders, Anders might have one. That's right. Anders might have one. Maybe Han, Hansi, Hans Loring. You know, he's up there in Denmark. Yeah. That's the hop, skip, and a jump over to Amsterdam. He might have the original uh, do-be-dude tattoo of the flower that I've got. I don't know. Man, so. That would be tight. Let's not talk about my tattoo, though. Let's move on to the post of the week for Jason T. McMaster. What was your post of the week, Mr. McMaster? Actually, the last couple of pages of the Star Wars The Older Public thread, because I am enjoying reading people's disappointment in seeing this video that they have recently posted from Gamescom, because it's incredibly disappointing, and I wanted to make sure I wasn't the only one. Now, is it a gameplay video, or are they just yes. showing up for their cutscenes? No, it's gameplay, and it's like uh, it's like a dungeon, and it looks so freaking boring. It looks just like World of Warcraft, but with Which, lightsabers. Yes, that's basically it, <laughs> except probably not as hip. As but now, you know, I'm kind of biased against Star Wars now. You know, they kind of destroyed my souls. Well, now, it is, so tell us what's going on in this forum. People are seeing this gameplay video. Yeah, yeah. I think the best summation was by Bigger Boat, and it says, I think that this video, which is linked to the video, completely killed whatever enthusiasm I had left for Star Wars The Old Republic. And that pretty much sums it up. I mean, it's maybe it's burnout for me. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just tired of MMOs. But, and, and I will play it. No, you're wrong. I'll play it for probably. Oh, you bet you will. I know oh, you will. Oh, I will. And um, and I'll try it out for a while, but it's just, it's, I don't know, it just kind of looks humdrum. Now, let me submit this to you, Jason T. McMaster, and all of the disappointed people in that thread. An MMO is a very hard thing to demo with a gameplay video. Sure. So, Star Wars The Old Republic might still be awesome and fresh and infused with the same spirit as the 1977 movie. For all we know, 
You know, I just want to say don't give up hope just because it's really hard to express the spirit of an MMO in a demo or, or a video. It's really hard to express the spirit of radio. <laughs> or, I'm sorry. Uh, I think that's a reference to a, to a comic book, yeah? Uh, isn't that a Rush song? <laughs> oh, my God, a Rush song. Wow. Is it? I don't I thought it was. Uh, okay. No, I'll, I'll buy that. Uh, okay. Dave Perkins, can you illuminate whether or not there's yeah, a song by Rush yeah. called Spirit of Radio? I was just about to chuckle in a friendly way. <laughs> no, it, 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 is, it is. Okay. I believe him. Uh, so, okay, so, so lots of disappointment about that video. Uh, I have felt that disappointment all along. Uh, like you, though, Jason T. McMaster, I'm looking forward to playing, but I, I really think you can't, there's not much you can do about showing people an MMO to get them excited unless they're already excited. To, to appreciate an MMO, unfortunately, you got to sit down and play it, and even more unfortunately, you got to sit down and play it for a while. Yeah. MMOs do not reveal themselves very readily. And the thing really that gets me is it's, at, at least for me, and I know I'm by far not alone, it's just the MMO, it's, it's tired. I'm tired of it. You know, World of Warcraft uh, was pretty much it. Um, after that, I'm just, I'm done for the most part. And uh, unless it does something super awesome. Now, I will say the space combat looks kind of awesome. I mean, I've still got hope for that because, you know, next week. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, the on-ground stuff just kind of looks like the World of Warcraft, click attack, yada, yada, yada. Uh, uh, one of the, at, at E3, I don't know if they're showing the same thing at GamesCon, but at E3, they had uh, a demo mission where, you know, they, they, they have us sit in a little uh, area and the, the developers play a raid instance or whatever. Uh, and it just looked so World of Warcrafty and, and awful. And that might be what I saw, yeah. Well, you, the, they have, like, you're in a big room, and it's like a car- you have to go and knock out generators in succession. Like, you have to take out this generator, and then that generator, and then that generator, and then it makes the boss vulnerable. Like, yeah, he's got a shield around him, and each of the, sh- you know, the shield is powered by generators. And it's basically just fight at point A, fight at point B, fight at point C, then fight the boss at point D. Yeah, it was, it was totally... Go ahead, Dan. This is a, a game that's coming out this year? Yes. Master, what is the release date on Star Wars The Old Republic? The incredibly ambiguous holiday. <laughs> All right. Holidays 2011, yes. But yeah, Dave, I think they have committed to releasing this year. They just haven't uh, nailed down the, the date yet. Oh, I meant the uh, generator game that you were just describing. Or is that the one and the same? It is. That's one and the same. That's one of the raids. Unbelievable. One of the multiplayer instances in... That's actually, I say that's one of the... That's what's notable is that that's the multiplayer instance they chose to highlight at E3. That's what they wanted to show us um, wow. at E3. Um, that's dismal. Yeah, you know what, it's, 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 it, it, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's just so typical and it's, it, it doesn't feel at all Star Wars-y and I think anybody who's done a boss in World of Warcraft will recognize it and, yeah. uh, yeah. And that's, and that's really what I'm saying is that, like, it's not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just that it's been done and it's been done well already, yeah. you know, and if you're going to do something, you don't make oh god the Star Wars license could be so much more interesting 
And, you know, and that was the big problem with the galaxies. You know, it's just, God, it's the same thing. It's just, you know, it's another I'm running around on foot. Instead of a sword, I have a lightsaber. Right. And to be fair, uh, go ahead, Dave. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Well, uh, to be fair, I think that they are uh, they have a tough time presenting the message of what they're doing because they're trying to do so much. Like if I was in charge of the PR for Old Republic, I would say, you know what, guys, we're just going to hit three bullet points really hard. One of them is going to be this uh, single player storyline for each character. You, now you know? that would have been a good bullet. Point. That bullet point, space combat. Until you yep. said it, Jason T. McMaster, I, I keep forgetting, you know, yeah, there's space combat. You know, we're going to hit that bullet point. Like, there are certain aspects that set it apart from other MMOs that I think they could do a better job making part of their central message. Right, you know, and the reason you forget about the space combat is the only time it's ever mentioned or seen is, uh, I think, in one of the videos, it just for like a few seconds, and it just shows a little flying around, you know, TIE fighter kind of looking thing, but it looks cool, and if they do it right, it could be, you know. Right. Who knows? Uh, Dave Perkins, will you be playing Star Wars The Old Republic when it comes out? Will you be putting down your World of Warcraft character and going over to Star Wars The Old Republic? <laughs> well, I've never played World of Warcraft either. <laughs> I've I've briefly glanced at it over my friend's shoulder and thought, why? Well, I just but, don't get it. In so, that case, Dave Perkins, I think you know the answer to this question. What level are you in World of Warcraft? <laughs> Would it be one or zero? Is it like <laughs> how will you tell... Yeah, okay, zero. I'm, I'm, I'm two for two in zeros. I was going to ask you guys what if, if there's time for this. When's the last time you fought a boss in a game and really thought that was a brilliant experience? Ah, that's a great question. <laughs> wow, it kind of depends. Jeez. Uh, yeah. I've, I've got two in the last week. All right. All right. Yeah. 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 Uh, there's a. This is not my game of the week because instead I want to rail about another game. But there is a, just a, a lovely little, just so exciting, generous, infectious, eh, infectiously enthusiastic game. Just came out on Xbox Live Arcade last week called uh, uh, Toy Soldiers Cold War. Oh yeah. And there, there are the the conceit of Toy Soldiers is that you're playing little toy soldiers. And it's a tower defense game, and every now and then a really cool boss comes out. And their first game was World War One themed, uh, and they had some cool tanks and a big old artillery gun that rolled out, and they had some like cool bosses. So this is Cold War. It's it's basically the the combat, you know, the Russian and, and NATO hardware of the 80s. Uh, so there's a submarine boss battle, which was just so gratifying. Their their boss battles is some big funky tank or in this case submarine rolls out and as you fight it and deplete its hit point bar each time you deplete the hit point bar it goes into a new phase and that normally is a really cheap annoying trope when you fight a boss like you think oh i've killed it and here he comes again but they prepare you for this you know that all the bosses are going to have four phases and the default difficulty level is pretty forgiving. The idea of toy soldiers is that you play through it once on the normal level, and then you can try the harder levels or some of the scoring challenges. So when you're playing these bosses the first time, it's, and they have a really easy, by the way, rewind feature, where if you die, you can back up to one of the earlier waves. You don't have to replay the whole level. So I just had a great experience with this submarine and the way that it would morph through its different stages. And the final stage of the submarine was one of those, wow, this is brilliant boss fight experiences that, that you're asking about, Dave. 
So mm-hmm. last week, and then finally, I, I, I don't know that it's a boss. It's kind of a sub-boss. There's a really good <clears throat> space game called uh, Space Pirates and Zombies. And one of the early, so it's a free-form elite kind of game where you're just running around a randomly generated galaxy, and there's some story missions. Uh, but one of the, the tougher, they'll occasionally introduce you to these tougher missions with tougher bosses, and I think the purpose of those is to make sure that you're equipping your ships with upgraded weaponry. Because if you try to fight them with just your basic pea shooters, you're going to die. So it's a way of saying, hey, at this point, you need to get yourself more powerful. So they have a really annoying uh a uh, bad guy who comes out and is is, is slinging all these uh, gratuitously sexist remarks at the female character on your crew and talking about how she's got a nice ass and all of this stuff and oh, he's yeah. being, and he's being incredibly annoying uh, and you're not necessarily attached to the characters it's not a story driven game but there's just this like sexist punk that you fight. Uh, and it took me a couple of battles against the guy because it, it took me a little bit to realize, oh, the game is teaching me that I need to learn how to react to fighters because he's in a carrier. Uh, I need to learn how to deal with his fighters, and I need to deal with the fact that he's got heavy shields. I need to lower his shields and then have my other ships do damage to his armor. So it was a kind of a learning curve battle against an annoying opponent, and the best thing about it is that when you kill him, you get the carrier. You get this ship mm. that he's got that launches these heavy Heavy drone fighters. So those are two instances of boss battles that I played in the last week that I really, really liked. Jason T. McMaster, what do you got? Uh, you know, I, just thinking about it, I haven't really played a lot of games recently that have boss battles. Um, but uh, one of the last like cool boss fights I can remember was from World of Warcraft. Uh, just thinking back, in Wrath of the Lich King. You could uh, there, there's this part where the Lich King is a uh, kind of chasing you up this hill in a way. I mean, he's slowly, like, walking with all of his evil, you know, magic and wind and ice and everything flying everywhere, and he keeps throwing all these zombies at you and stuff, and you have to fight them off. And you eventually, like, get to the top, and you're cut off, and a big, uh, like, a airship shows up. You jump on it and fly away, and, uh, you know, Lich King doesn't get you. But I uh, always thought that was a cool boss battle because you're not actually fighting the boss you're himself. You're fighting the environment, uh, and it's kind of a time thing. Um, but uh, Do you ever uh, go back and kill him? Is there any uh, closure to the experience? Yes. Unfortunately, Wrath of the Lich King is where the Lich King dies. So, uh, yeah, he, uh, that's just one of the lead-up lead dungeons. And uh, the next one's like a raid instance where you kill him. Now, Jason T. McMaster, I'm very disappointed that you didn't come to bat for Lost Planet 2. Well, you know, well, yeah, there's that. I mean, yeah, Lost Planet 2 does have some pretty awesome boss fights. So does Borderlands, and I've played that recently. Uh, Dave Perkins, do you have an example? What What's an example from you about a boss fight that's that's brilliant? I think the best boss fights for me are the ones where I don't really see it coming. All of a sudden, I'm in it. And I'm frantic because I think I can do this, but I'm also afraid any second I'm going to die, and yet I win, you know, so I don't have to do it again. I mean, starting a boss battle a second time, I may as well just, like, give me a skip button at that point because I don't even care one little bit. But if I beat it the first time, I really care, especially if it's a good one. Like, the last one I can think of uh, was in Brutal Legends when... I think you played that, right, Tom? Have you played oh, that, yeah. Jason? Oh, yeah. 
Okay, so you, the the spider layer, because the spider, the queen spider is in the middle of this really cool uh, maze of webby, nasty, yeah. you know, dark corridors. And when she unfolded from the ceiling and descended to the ground, I thought, holy cow, I didn't, I did not see this coming. And she spits out little spiders, and I just switch weapons all the time. And I fought her for like five minutes, and I won the first time. That was, that was an excellent, truly excellent experience, even though it was. A little bit stereotypical. It had stages. Like, she crawls back up into the web, and then she comes back down. I'm like, all right, I'm on to phase two. <laughs> you know, so I got a little bit of, you know, suspension of disbelief problem there. But um, that was probably my favorite boss battle lately. The only one I can remember being truly immersed incredibly in was the end of Doom. So, I mean, that's a long, long, long time ago <laughs> when you fight the giant thing with the rocket arms. Uh, in Doom Two, maybe is that a cyber? Is that a cyber demon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the first time you see one, and he's thudding rockets into the wall. And sheesh, that's such a great point, Dave. Yeah, that's 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 the olden days. Uh, But that's such a great point about a good boss battle is one that is built for you to win the first time, because that's when you're discovering the cool things that it's doing. You know, and if you have to go back and, and play it again. Then you're you're all about oh well now I've got to watch for the pattern and that's such a yeah. tuning thing is you've got a cool boss how do you make the boss battle last without killing the player and making him fail and while still letting him appreciate the cool different things that that, that he does that now that's that yeah. I think the best boss battles are still Shadows of the Colossus <clears throat> or Shadow of the Colossus are those hmm. boss battles though or are those the actual game. That is kind of the game, but it is one giant game of boss battles. <laughs> I can't wait for the PS3 uh, re-release, which is pretty soon, actually. I think maybe the next. Are you gonna weeks. Are you gonna play that in 3D on your uh, 3D television? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Good God, maybe if I could hook it up to my 3DS. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, you know what? Actually, th- you say that, but man, I, I the 3DS is pretty powerful hardware. I would love to see a 3DS version of those games. Oh yeah, well, I mean, the, I like the fact that it comes with ICO as well. I mean, that's going to be awesome. That's going to be a, a great double disc re-release. Uh, if you guys come over to my house tonight, we can play it. I've got a build here. Oh my god! Come on over. Yeah, I'll be uh, on the next flight. So were those? Wait, did we do? I didn't do a post. Yeah, wow. We're still so Dave Perkins. What is your favorite post this week? What's your choice for post of the week? <clears throat> well, I didn't know I was going to do this podcast till today. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I was very busy all day, so I didn't actually get a chance to pick a post of the week that I've read this week. But that remind, it reminded me that. Wait, just so you know, you can pick old games and old oh, posts. The only thing well, that good. has to be new is news. Yes. The. The post that I'd like to um, highlight then is one of the posts that's made me laugh the hardest in my entire tenure on quarter to three, which is probably about 10, 15 years now, um, I think. Has it been around that long? It's been around a while. Okay. Well, in 2002, uh, somebody named Tom, it's C-H-I, like, Kahit. I think it's Shike. Tom Shike. Yeah, he started a thread called Battlefield 1492. Uh, late to the party. He did. No way. And, uh, he did. Battlefield and 1492. I did that that stale joke about 1492. Late, and I, I actually wrote late to the party. Yeah, you did. Oh, with, God. With a hyphen. 
Wait, was, um, this, was this on quarter to three, or was I posting on Gone Gold? No, quarter to three. Quarter to three. People can look it up. Oh, wow, okay. I just found it. Yeah, this is a nice one. Yeah. So, anyway, I guess you're talking about Battlefield, what, uh, 1942? I think that's, that's a safe guess, 1942. Uh, the little transposition there. Well, um, Jason Cross, somewhere down the page, uh, enthuses about how the, the game really starts to look and feel like a war, and Mike Cathcart replies, definitely... I was playing on a game on an EA server the other day, and it completely reminded me of a story my grandfather told me about his experience in the war. You see, this one time, my grandfather reached the top of a hill and was face-to-face with a Japanese soldier. The two of them spent about 30 seconds emptying three clips into each other, direct headshots, with no effect. Then they circle-strafed with their knives for a good minute before one of my grandfather's friends, a foot soldier, slammed into both of them in a plane that he picked up by swimming out to a Japanese aircraft carrier. (laughs) I was in tears. I was in tears before the Japanese aircraft carrier. <laughs> and at that point, I think I just fell over. <laughs> that was uh, almost ten years ago. I can still remember where I was sitting and what I was. How hard I laughed. <laughs> that is beautiful. That that's my Cathcart for you, though. Uh, I yep. wish that guy would post more often. Uh, by the way, he's in my uh, he's in my Ascension tournament, and he lost in his first bracket. Ha ha. You loser. <laughs> Maybe if he spent less time being funny online and more time studying the rules, he might not have lost. <laughs> Very good. Man, Battlefield 1942, those were the days. Remember when that – That's uh, so that, that actually you can now play as a downloadable game. How yeah. about that? I have a, a runner-up that's very short. Okay, what do you got? What's what's your second place? I don't know the con the context. I don't know the context. I just know this uh, sentence by Jim Jim Preston about Dave Long. Maybe we all need to keep quiet so that Dave Long can teach us how to drink deeply from the cup of life by collecting different types of bugs in Animal Crossing. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. That's, this is brilliant. That is that is the essence of Animal Crossing too. That is the yeah. essence of Dave yeah. Long. Yeah. Right. If we did not have a Dave Long, we would have to invent him. <laughs> yes. Uh, I love Dave. He's funny. Uh, all right. So those are our posts of the week. Uh, Jason T. McMaster, what category should we move to next? Well, let's do. Um, I don't know. Let's do news. Let's save right. games for last. Games for last. Let's go on to news of the week this time. Let's switch it up. Let's go in reverse oh. alphabetical order. Which By the mean? second letter of our last names. No, I'm afraid you are up first, Dave. Burns. Ooh, yeah. All right. That was well, a nice attempt at some jujitsu, but take it away. I would have been up first anyway. No, not reversed. You're right. You're right. Well, when I heard that I was going to be on the podcast and had to pick a news item, I thought of the trailer for Dead Island, which I think the Dead Island game is coming out or is out this week? Uh, Uh, September. Two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Oh, two weeks. Okay. Well, my friend uh, who on the forum is Mark Gray, um, Mm -hmm. he he showed me the trailer just yesterday uh, and asked me, does this trailer... Do you think this is an excellent trailer, and does it make you want to play the game? And then I listened to your last week's podcast and realized you'd already talked about Dead Island. Uh, so you probably you probably already talked about the trailer as well, right? No, so you're talking actually. about the trailer with the little girl. 
the yeah, the little girl, the backwards oh. trailer, the memento trailer. Yeah. Perkins, I love how so four months ago you are. <laughs> <laughs> he just showed me yesterday. <laughs> uh, so what, did it make you want to play the game? Because I, I think this is a great thing to talk about, even yeah. if it's four months old. It, it, this, you know what, this, this trailer holds up for at least four months, I would say. Uh, did you hate or love the trailer, and did it make you want to play the game? Oh, I loved the trailer, uh, but I then, you know, I, I understand that the trailer is probably made by people who have nothing to do with the production of the game, and I guess that turns out to be true. Yep. So I looked at game footage, and, you know, within five seconds I realized that was the basically, you know, blowing generators up around bosses, that level of interest. So uh, I'm definitely, the jury is way out on that one as far as I'm concerned. It's going to have to take people like you guys to say this is a must-play. Like you guys said about Bastion, which is why I'm going to play it. Oh, uh, you'd have to say that about Dead Island, too. Now, do you know that Dead Island is an RPG, that it's got stats and a skill tree and quests? Oh, dear God. And economy. Are you trying to make it sound worse? That, does that make it sound worse? That doesn't, that doesn't make it sound better to you? Really? Are there unlocks? Are there, are there weapons with a little lock over top of them that I can well, unlock? You have to buy your skills before you can. You probably have to, like, learn... Uh, like Fallout 3? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to like learn the weed whacker skill before you can use the weed whacker. Like, there's that kind of thing. You have to, you have to tank. You have to learn your tanking ability to tank the zombies. And wow. unless you're DPS, correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, maybe it's my new ACL, but I don't like that kind of game. <laughs> all right. If you want to be all prejudiced against RPGs, that's your prerogative. <laughs> Uh, but but I really that that trailer really was an amazing bit of work, and they got so much they got such a publicity boost from that. Oh yeah, it was it was really good. It was really good. Uh, so so what? Um, you, go ahead. I just wondered if Jason was going to talk about Dead Island in this podcast. If so, I would just save it. You know, we don't need to talk about it now. Oh no no, I'm not. Dead Island okay. was your your choice for game of the week uh, recently. Last week, yeah, Jason. or the week no, it was the week before it's too. Because you'd played a, a build of it, so... Right, and I'm expecting a review copy sometimes, so hopefully... Right. Hopefully okay. more. Uh, one thing that I'm curious about, uh, being a... I, I have a, a PhD in zombieology. I don't know if you know this. I, now, I awarded it to myself. Oh. I am not an accredited institution, so with that caveat, I am a, I have a PhD in zombieology. One thing that I'm wondering about, the trailer implies that you can be quickly infected if you get attacked by a zombie. What's it sure more, does. it also implies that children can be infected. Those are two things that very few games oh, yeah. actually do in in zom- with zombie lore. And I think they're both by the way very important aspects of zombie lore. Uh, the original Night of the Living Dead, uh, one of the huge plot points is that a child gets infected and kills her own mother. And the, the latest in zombie lore, I would argue, are the 28 Days and 28 Weeks Later movies. And the whole thing about that is how quickly the infection spreads. Uh, and those two aspects of zombie lore are not really present in most video games. Whereas that trailer for Dead Island seems to imply those things are a part of the game. Oh, yeah. It sure does. And it, it also further implied that if you've been turned, uh, but then die, because, I mean, she fell out the window and hit her head and, and died, she started to turn back into a regular girl. Is that unusual for zombie lore, too? 
That's a little. You know what that is? That because does she turn back into a regular little girl, or does the light just go out of her eyes? That's a, that's. Oh a good no, one. her skin, her skin is healthy looking, and then I saw it the second time. The second time I was watching for it, and then as she falls back up through the air, it becomes grayer and more ah. scaly and nasty. So she's definitely turning back into a little girl. Her eye, her eyes, no longer red. It's back to regular health. Or yeah, that, that, you know that's a good point. And what I would say is, is, what that makes me think of is werewolf lore. Like when you shoot the werewolf with the silver bullet, then there's the reverse time lapse photography of the makeup being put on, so it's the werewolf <laughs> turning back to the normal person. Right. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Those kind of reminded. Go ahead. Now, wasn't that Frank Oz that did that? Was that uh, Frank Oz for American Werewolf in London? Like the really cool... Uh, the makeup guy for American Werewolf was a fellow named Rick Baker. Rick Baker. Yeah. Don't get me started on movie trivia, Jason oh. Master. I will, I will go there. I will go there. Uh, but I wasn't aware. Did Frank Oz do work on American Werewolf in London? That's what I'm trying to check. Uh, let's see. I, I think he did, yeah. Okay, well, Rick Baker is the the makeup fella who's famous for that. So I don't, maybe uh, Frank Oz did the voice for the werewolf. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe. Speaking, speaking of movies, uh-huh. um, the trailer for Dead Island reminded me of a little movie that you mentioned in some other context, Tom, uh, about uh, a group of kids, I think in Australia, who have got a zombie tied up in their backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to spoil it, but it had the same sort of uh, reveal vibe to it, which was just brilliantly done. Do you remember that little film? The movie's called I. Uh, you know what? I was going to say I love Sarah Marshall, uh, and that's not right. The movie's yeah, called, something like that. Oh, rats! It's called I Love Sarah Jane. Oh, for Pete's sake! I think it's called I Love Sarah Jane. Is there a movie called I Love Sarah Marshall? Uh, there's a. Uh Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Okay, yes, yes, right. So that's my confusion. Forgetting Sarah Marshall, that's the thing. We're not talking about that. There's no zombies in that that I know of. I haven't seen it. It's I Love Sarah Jane. Yeah, I Love Sarah Jane is a small 14-minute indie Australian film that is absolutely brilliant. And if you appreciate the Dead Island trailer, Dave Perkins is absolutely right. You should Google I Love Sarah Jane and watch that. Absolutely. It's brilliant. Uh, Have you seen Animal Kingdom, by the way, a movie from those same guys? No. All right. Well, everyone else should no zombies in it, but every spoiler. Everyone should see Animal Kingdom. Uh, if you if you liked, I love Sarah Jane. Uh, they have some thematic and creative connections that are worth experiencing. Sweet. Uh, all right, Jason T. McMaster, what is your choice for news of the week? All right. Well, and and is it more current than Dave Perkins' choice? <laughs> Maybe. Okay. All right. My news of the week is. Hmm. You look like it sounds to me like you're looking over a list, trying to decide which one to pick. No, no, I, I had uh, kind of switched some stuff around uh, in my head. <laughs> it sounds to me like you're waiting for a Google Doc file to open. No, no, no. Um, my news of the week is, God, yeah, it's it's just shameful. Uh, League of Legends. Uh, oh, good. That's the hesitation. Okay. That's <laughs> announced a $5 million prize pool for their season two. Which, uh, I guess they're trying to trump 
Dallas One Million Prize Tournament, which is going on now. Oh, that's right, the GamesCon thing, yeah. Which is kind of tied to my game of the week to tip my hat was going to be Dota 2, and that's why I kind of like, do I really want to talk about it now and then? But yeah, hell, why not? So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, their $1 million uh, tournament is going on currently, but uh, yes, League of Legends announced a $5 million tournament coming up, so I'm wondering if Valve's going to go to $10 million, see if there's a crazy like, uh, bidding war. That would be pretty awesome. Now these are so this is just a cash pool that they're dividing up amongst the winners of their tournament, correct? Correct. So what League of Legends has basically come along and said is that hey, Dota two, it might be good, but we are five times as good. Yeah, something like that. According but, to now, Dave Perkins, you're a math teacher. Can you back me up that I'm doing my calculations correctly here? Were you dividing five by one? Was it? I think so. <laughs> yeah, I. I concur. Okay, thanks for checking. I just need someone to check my work. Uh, uh, now, so, so uh, Jason Timmy Master, what do you think of this news that League of Legends is offering a $5 million prize pool for their, their tournament? Is this good news? Is this bad news? Are you happy to see them doing this kind of one-upsmanship with Dota 2? How do you feel about this? I'm happy they have $5 million. You know, I mean, it's like, if, you, if they can give that away, surely they're doing all right. So, I mean, yeah, that, that's cool in its own thing. I, I don't, I, I like it in a way that hopefully it popularizes a type of game I like. Uh, but otherwise, I think it's it's so crazy, I guess, in a way. It's, just, it's a lot of money. Well, you, know, you, know, you know where they got these $5 million. For me, Ben, mostly. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> for you, by skins. For Timo. <laughs> for me, personally. <laughs> uh, no, come on. You, they, their, their recent cash influx was from China. These are five million Chinese dollars, basically. Oh, yeah. Well, they're doing fine. You are right. I mean, they have a great business model. I really love what those guys have done, especially compared to what I'm about to rant about for my freaking game of the week. Their business model is brilliant, and they deserve whatever money they get from their community because it feels so eminently fair the way that they ask their community for money. I, I love what they've done, but they, they also uh, just had a huge stake purchase. I think a Chinese telecom company bought a huge stake in, in uh, Riot Games. So some of those, those $5 million are from you, Jason T. McMaster. Some of them are from China. I mean, some of, you know, and they're trying to make inroads with China, and that's, of course, a great market. For, for what they're trying to do, and I know that's what Valve's going for as well. I mean, they'd have to be silly not to. Um, but I, I do agree about the way they they do their their like money situation. The fact that you don't have to purchase anything at all to get anything that makes any difference in the game. Um, the only things that you can only purchase with money are skins. Everything else you can purchase with points you get by playing the game. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a very fair system. But it, it also ties into one thing uh, is reading all the stuff that uh, Newell or Gabe Newell from Valve has been talking lately. Or, yeah, he's been getting interviews uh, lately. He's saying that they haven't really decided how they're going to monetize the game at this point, which I thought is kind of weird from a business perspective if you're showing it. Uh, immediately, you know, they're they're saying that maybe at the end of this tournament they're having right now that they'll start doing uh, beta invites. So um, it's kind of strange to not really have an idea of how you're going to charge for it, I guess. I mean, I, I don't really know. 
But I, I'm, assu- I'm assuming, Jason T. McMaster, what that means is they're just not ready to disclose it yet. Right. Yeah, I mean, people are, of course, speculating that it'll be free to play, which, I mean, is a pretty smart move, but I don't know. I don't. I really don't think it will, in a way. You don't think it'll be free to play? No, I, th- I think there'll be a small purchase initially or something. I, I just don't know. Well, now, I, uh, from a strictly armchair perspective, I, I haven't been keeping up with what they're doing. I would be surprised if they require an upfront cash outlay because that would seem to drive people. I mean, that would seem like the, the logical choice for people who don't know which or the other to try. They would try League of Legends because you can jump into League of Legends without paying any money. I think to be competitive with League of Legends, they're, they're going to have to have some initial free-to-play model. Similarly, I think they've learned from Team Fortress 2 how much money they can make with things like the hats and the keys and whatnot. Oh, sure. Uh, so I would actually predict, uh, and I don't follow it as closely as you, but I would, I would guess that it is going to be some kind of free-to-play situation where anybody can jump in and play, and then they'll try to get you later on to pony up some money. I don't know, though. We'll see. I, yeah, I kind of I kind of keep going back and forth. Uh, I'm not really sure. I mean, I could just see it being something like nine ninety nine or nineteen ninety nine or something like that right, them, right. because that's kind of a an easy price point for them. And the, the one big advantage they have of a riot is that they have a audience that logs in and sees their ads every day, a huge one. So right. they can throw that out there and say, oh, it's a Valve game. However, you know, they did give away that one uh, Aliens form, I believe. Yep. Of course, they only released one map for it. So. Well, that was, yeah, that was like I think they had a mod group working that they'd hired that was working on that, and it was kind of a proof of concept for this one group to put this together before I presume they moved on to some paid project. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was a pretty cool little game, though, actually. Now, now, Jason T. McMaster, when can we play Defense of the Ancients 2? Uh, not until 2012, according to Gabe's recent comments. Um, uh the biggest thing, craziest thing, I think he said that he's he he has said that he's played 800 hours of Dota 2 at this point. I'm kind of calling bullshit on that, but uh, I think he, maybe he means that like as a as a company. Yeah, <laughs> maybe he's counting himself as a company, and that's what. <laughs> no, like 800 hours. I mean, seriously, 800 hours is 16 years. Whoa! Let's see. That's what, that's that's the advantage of us having a math teacher on the on the podcast is we can roll out figures like that. We can do calculations in our head that quickly when we have Dave Perkins with us. Yeah, you might want to check. That out. Yeah, take that to the bank. Something like fifty-five days, though, or something ridiculous like that. Well, that explains Straight. why we. That's why we don't have uh, a well, new episode of Half Life Two. Yeah, there we yeah, go. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Uh, so then would you say, Jason T. McMaster, at this point in time, I think it is August 18th, 2011, who is winning the publicity war between League of Legends and Defense of the Ancients 2? We'll see. Um, geez. Uh, publicity, I would say Defense of the Ancients right now. Okay. It's got, I mean, for just this moment. Now, however, uh, League of Legends has... Uh, a tournament going on, and they have been talking about Dominion a lot. I, I watched a video today of uh, a guy playing like a, a game of the new Dominion um, map and game mode for League of Legends. And it looks pretty fascinating. It's really fast-paced, which is good uh, for that game. 
but you do think that at this point, Defense of the Ancients 2 kind of has the upper hand in the publicity wars? At, at this moment, just because it's got the biggest buzz. Right. I, I think once um, people start getting into the beta and it starts being talked about more openly, I think it'll probably die down a bit. But uh, just because it's new and interesting, I, I think it's probably got it for now. Okay. Dave Perkins, I want to ask you, what level are you in League of Legends? Oh, I was just investigating that while you were talking, and I'm pretty sure the answer is zero. Yep, you're right. You're three but for I'm three. But I'm not positive. Oh, zero? Okay. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, yes, you zero. are level zero. Uh, what level are you? I'm 30. Wait, you can really be a level in that game? Yes. You can, yes. it is. You do level up. Uh, you earn these kind of runes and glyph things that you slot to give you a little uh, boost in power. Uh, yes, absolutely, you do level up. Oh, yeah. Oh, so so if I were to jump into this game and play Jason, he would have a distinct advantage, not only, you know, because he knows the game, but because his character is actually more powerful because he played it more? In a way, yes. No, yeah. in, not in a way, true. Yeah, that's why true. Not, I would this, say the advantage isn't hugely distinct. I mean, it, it's like there's sure. it's, it's noticeable, but it's not, like, game-changing. Honestly. And it's not like yeah. something like Age of Empires Online, which we may or may not hear about in a moment. Uh, that game has levels, and that game has huge disparity between different levels. Uh, League of Legends, because it's such a large... Because there are also ten players in League of Legends. So, Dave Perkins, your zero-level uh, character is only going to be 10% of the equation. And Jason right. McMaster's 30th level character is also only 10% of the equation. Right. So there's math involved, I just want to say. Yeah, and you should probably ask me what my level is in Frozen Synapse. <laughs> there's no levels in Frozen Synapse, are there? Yes, there are. <gasps> are you serious? Holy cow. Yes, there are. What they have no bearing on anything. Oh, it's like a, is it like a, for uh, just like bragging rights or something? Oh, yeah, that means nothing. Absolutely Wait a minute, you actually level up. Like, if I were to jump into Frozen Synapse and play a few matches, I could go from level one to level two? Does that, yes. And does that make it more appealing? Yes, of course. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. Too, yeah. There's, yeah. No, there's no tangible reward besides a number. We're, we're that's crazy. Crazy. That's a reward. I can say any time a one becomes a two, it may not be tangible, but it's a reward. You as a math teacher should know that. Turning a one into a two, that's a huge accomplishment. You've increased wonder, your, you've increased your, you're, you've increased by 100%. You've doubled. That's true. I wonder I wonder how trivial a game could be and yet still have rewards enough for people to play it. Like, what if you just hit the space bar sort of a random number of times between 1,000 and 2,000 times, and then your level becomes 2? I believe... I know, someone, I, I believe... Some well, I, wanna, I wish I could credit this properly, but someone wrote a very intriguing article about if you could play a game where you just hit one button to level up, would you use that button? Uh, and I'm probably, I probably and I, you know what I love that concept. Uh, I I don't know. That's a good that question, too. actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, well, so uh, Dave Perkins, let me ask you, what level are you in Frozen Synapse? I actually don't know. High twenties, I think. <laughs> and the only reason I know it doesn't do any good if you don't care. But, oh yeah, never mind. Know what level you are? <laughs> There's other reasons to care, Tom. <laughs> other reasons. Um, there. The reason I know is because my friend who I, you know, kind of talked him into buying the game when I was at level 20 or something just passed me. And so it was kind of a big moment. Like, wow, he is really learning fast. That's Mark Gray. He's at level 30. 
That's something. So he's beating you. So real quick, before this gives Jason T. McMaster an opportunity to bring up his super score in Pinball FX2, let's <laughs> move on to my news story of the week. All right. Let's do my new story of the week is, uh, so all this stuff out of GamesCon, I, I thought I would, like, leave that to you guys, but I see none of us really cares about all these, like, trailers and whatnot coming out of GamesCon. Uh, the news of the week that, that caught my eye is a sequel being announced. And I liked the original game. Uh, I think I reviewed it for Computer Games Magazine way back in the day. Uh, I loved what they were doing. Uh, I don't think the game did very well. This was maybe six, seven years ago. So the creators just announced a sequel, and I was like, hey, that is great news. And upon looking a little further into this announcement, I'm kind of convinced the sequel is never going to come out. Oh. So this might be non-news, and I, I don't want to jinx these guys. I would love to be wrong. The game is called Nexus, The Jupiter Incident, and it's from a Hungarian developer. And this was a, a big – it was kind of like an RTS, but it was based on capital ships fighting each other. You know, it wasn't like dragging a bunch of fighters and sending them around. You're positioning these capital ships. It was kind of like, like Age of Sails combat, like big old sailing ships letting loose broadsides into one another. And, uh, oh, and I loved the, I loved the concept. It had some clunky bits to it. It had some annoying scripted missions, but uh, you know that's just kind of how people do games. So the game came out. These guys, here we are. This is 2004. So here we are, seven years later. They announced, hey, guess what? Uh, Nexus Two is coming out. We're working on it. It's going to be out in 2012. That's what it looks like at first. But when you look a little further <laughs> into what they're doing. It looks like they're counting on crowdsourcing. They've announced it, and they're soliciting people to donate money to the, yeah. to the development, Where and they expect to meet a goal that I think is a little unrealistic. They don't have a publisher. Uh, I, I just think, you know, bless their hearts. I like that they're trying, but I cannot imagine this working. Uh, they now have, so they announced it two days ago. This should be the peak of you know the the hype for this people like, like me hearing about it and being excited but if you go to their website you see they're expecting 400,000 euros oh, right yeah. now they have 43 supporters who've contributed a total of like 8,000 euros well, so, there. Dave Perkins can I get some math how much how many more euros do these guys need too many. <laughs> very good. That was very well put, and it, and I liked how you how you distilled it down to layman's terms. <laughs> At this rate, it will be fifty five hours or so before they get to their goal. <laughs> well, wow. Okay, a few days. Good. Uh, so, uh, yeah. No, so no, that's sixteen years. Uh, right. That that math sounds much more plausible. Right. So there we go. Sixteen years, we may have uh, a nexus too. Now, to be fair. I think a lot of what's going on in a situation like this is they just want to get their name out there. I presume they're still shopping for publishers. They could still get publisher support. Unfortunately, I don't think it's a genre that sells very well. I don't, I don't see many publishers lining up to put uh, space combat games out there. Um, mm. So, But I would love to see this happen. Uh, I liked what they did, and I'd love to see them... Uh, have another chance. It's funny they uh, have for the site uh, you know a list of the things they want to do, new races, a new story, and whatnot. Uh, they talk about the characters having like psionic abilities, and I think all of us, Dave Perkins, you're a math teacher. 
but I assume you're enough of a nerd to know how to spell the word psionic. Can you can you handle that? P S Y I E. I'm not done. E another E. That's two E's. The fact and oral victory. And then Nancy. You got the P out there first, so that's that I consider a moral victory. If you know that the word psionic begins with the letter P, that's all you need to know. You're fine. You can throw in all the rest of the vowels, whatever. You, you got the first letter right. Now, here's the thing. Let's call for shorthand someone who knows psionics is a psi, right? A sure. PSI. Right. What is the plural of that? Psi. Wow. Okay. Now, hmm. How would you spell that, Jason T. McMaster? Yes, I. So how would you spell it in plural? Oh, oh, so you're thinking that the singular is the same as the plural. Yeah, why not? It better be. Well, these Good guys, answer. Yeah, I, I like that. These guys seem to think that the singular is just having an S stuck on the end. So they're talking about size, and the word P-S-I-S, when I see that, like... <laughs> It doesn't look right, and that makes me think of something else. That's just when you're talking about all of these, all of the size in your campaign and how the players will play size, and and the word is PSIS, that just looks weird to me, and I'm going to chalk it up to them being Hungarian. Uh, Well, yeah, I mean, have you ever done that thing where you have a sentence written and the first and last letters are the correct for the word, but everything else is jumbled, but you can still read it? Because your right. brain, brain just kind of puts it together because all the letters are already there. Yeah. Well, so, I'm, yeah. I'm ashamed of what my brain does when it sees the letter, the words P S I S. Yeah. So, all right. So that's my news of the week. Uh, the unfortunate announcement for Nexus Two, uh, which I hope happens, and I, I wish them all luck. Uh, if you want to throw money at these guys, uh, go to I don't know Nexus Two dot com. Did they get that? I don't know. Google Nexus Two. You'll you'll find it. You know, I uh, speaking of <laughs> throwing money at guys, I, that makes me think uh, I kind of did that recently. I pre-purchased Grim Dawn. Have you seen that? Grim Dawn. So that makes me think of Red Fandang or Red Fandango. Red, Red Fandango. <laughs> Red Dawn makes Grim Fandango. Although I do, I I, I think Tim Schafer should do a Red Fandango. Red, <laughs> like Red Fandango. What uh, is what is Grim? Uh, Grim Dawn. What the heck is that? Do you remember a game called Titan Quest? Oh, the Iron Lore fellas. Yeah, they, uh, when they got whatever, when they left, uh, they formed another company called Crate. And Crate is making a game called Grim Dawn, which is kind of a sci-fi fantasy kind of Titan Quest kind of game. And uh, if you you pre-order it, uh, it goes towards their development, of course. I mean, they're still working on it, uh, but if you, depending depending on your level of contribution, which I had to go the, the highest level, of course, because you get your name uh, in the credits of the game, and, uh, you know, that was hilarious. So, so basically, Jason T. McMaster, you are a Grim Dawn angel. Yes. <laughs> That's very nice of you. <laughs> but yeah, it's actually it's you know, it's cheap. It's like uh, for the super legendary edition, which gets you in the alpha and beta, it was like forty eight dollars. I was like, oh, what the hell? Well, you know what? Seriously, I do applaud you. That's great because I, I, you know, I'm just I, I feel like such a schlub to sit here on a podcast and say, yeah, Nexus Two, good for those guys. I'm I'm not going to give them any money, but good for them. You, Jason T. McMaster, are the polar opposite of that, and I 
you know, I applaud you. Well done. I take it to the streets. I get results. Good. <laughs> uh, Dave Perkins, what what game have you donated money to lately? I'm still at zero. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of donating money to games, no, not, wait. Oh, what, what? Uh, well, actually, I'll save it for uh, the game of the week. Uh, I have donated money in a way, so we'll get to it. Interesting. All right. Yes. Well, you know what? So carry on. Okay. Uh, Jason Kimmel Master, why don't you start us out? Because you're the only one who hasn't had to start one of the topics so far. Right. In the yeah. interest of, of, of all things being equal, Jason T. McMaster, what is your choice for Game of the Week? I'm going to choose Dota 2 because I've watched a lot of Dota 2 matches. Because <laughs> we kind of knew you were going to do that, too. We yes, it was kind of spoilerized. Yes. I do you haven't actually to. played Dota 2. No, but I've been watching a lot of matches, and it inspired me to actually break down and install the original Dota. I played whoa, it. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Wait, whoa, whoa, that's like a Warcraft 3 mod. I don't even think that <laughs> works on, on modern computers. How does, that, how does that work? Oh, it still works. You can download it. If you put in your serial numbers at Battle.net, you get access to the downloadable, like, installable version. Isn't that an awesome part of Battle.net, by the way? It really is. They totally sweetened it up there. Uh, that's pretty much my favorite part of Battle.net, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah, Dota 2. Uh, well, tell us about spectating these matches. So the game obviously isn't yeah. it's not finished, uh, but how does it look? How does it seem to play? As a League of Legends player, tell us how Dota 2 looks to you. And how uh, are you watching them? Well, from Dota2.com, D-O-T-A 2 dot com. Uh, oh. Now, remember, they're in Germany, so they're six hours ahead of us. So, first games of the day start at like four a.m. So, enjoy, uh, or like four a.m. for me. Uh, Tom, you could watch one. It'd be one for you. You'll probably just be getting started right around then. Now, so these are the these are the tournament games that people are actually playing, and you can spectate them, right? Right, and um, okay. you can watch them in commentary in four different languages. The English one. When I've listened while watching, has been pretty much just like oh, oh god, oh, you know, just some dude <laughs> screaming, and then like oh my god, I killed him, ah, you know, I don't understand it. It's like <laughs> the exact opposite of what I would expect, but uh, <laughs> um, but the game itself, it looks really, uh, you know, it looks really good. Uh, I didn't really like the way it looked from the screenshots, but seeing it in motion, um, it. It has a it has a real Diablo two feel to it for some reason to me, or Diablo three kind of looked like an isometric. I mean, I know they all do, but it's just the the design um, and the style just really kind of strikes me as such with the broken, you know, and cracked ground in certain parts, and the rest is kind of lush. But uh, and and the characters, um, the, the big thing about I guess. That I, the biggest thing I have a problem with with Dota in general is it, it's a very darkly colored game. It's very realistic looking, which I guess some people say, oh, you mean badass? But to them, I say I'm older and I have a hard time seeing dark things and distinguishing them. from. Now, this past. is as opposed to the sort of the cartoony, more colorful look of League right. of Legends? Right, or uh, yeah, or like a Warcraft kind of look. Now, I mean, the original Dota had more of that going on, but it was darker. Um, but like Heroes of New Earth is a very all the all the heroes just are really dark looking to me, and the action's kind of 
muddy. You know, um, now Dota 2 doesn't really have that going on. It's but it's certainly not as bright as, say, uh, League of Legends. Um, so it's almost kind of harder to watch the action, at least it is for me. But um, it's it's a really attractive engine. Um, the one thing that, that that just yeah that bothers me has to be the coloring, because I, I don't know if you know what I mean by that, but it's it's just kind of harder to keep up. Now, watching the game, obviously a central part of these kinds of games are are the different characters. Uh, watching Defense of the Ancients 2 in action, do any of the, the particular characters leap out at you as being distinct or like characters you want to get in there and try? Oh, yeah. No, don't get me wrong. I, I was like uh, giggling like a schoolgirl as soon as the button came up to sign up for betas. I was like clapping, going, you know, and dancing around because that's how I am. Uh, I'm a simple man, but... Uh, <laughs> I like my MOBAs and I like some good. Um, and uh, yeah, no, just watching uh, it certainly make, makes me want to try it. Uh, this, the character design is, uh, is really cool, and uh, it, it's a lot of it's just straight from the original Dota. But the the graphic updates and just the the interface updates are are really nice, and um, it looks like a, it looks like it's going to be a, a fun game. I, I'm really looking forward to trying it out. I'm not. I don't know if I. I guess 800 hours. Looking forward to it. I'm no Gabe, but. <laughs> All right. So you know you're gonna have to wait till 2012. I hear. Right, but you know, no, yeah, you know, I was gonna say I, I probably will because I don't think I've ever gotten into anything early for Valve. I think I've always. I think they purposely don't sell things to me until later or something. You know. Because you're trouble. Yeah, that's right. They say, oh, that McMaster guy. <laughs> uh, Doug Lombardi has my name on a sticky note next to Dickhead in his office. Now, now I just want to say, Jason T. McMaster, are you going to be picking Defense of the Ancients 2 as your game of the week for every week between now and its release in a bid to get into the beta? <laughs> no, maybe. All right. But, <laughs> I mean, that's 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 a viable tactic if that's what you want to do. Fair enough. Uh, I just, yeah, yeah. I, maybe that's a spoiler. Maybe you don't want to tell us now. I swear uh, to God, I'm going to email a link to this podcast to Gabe Newell and give him the exact moment when I mention how. Uh, in fact, uh, I'll mark it down now. Dota 2 looks beautiful, and, and Gabe Newell is a saint and a genius. And uh, you know, I just, I think it's going to be the game of the decade. And, okay, and, that, so, and, that's, and that's Jason T. McMaster on the Quarter to Three Games podcast. Good. And then we'll, we'll have like a special one just for him that that's like the clip. I'll send him that sound bite so that he doesn't hear the 800 hours. Now, now I don't, I don't want to I don't want to mess up your chances to get in the beta, Jason T. McMaster, but I just, I, Dota 2, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, but I don't, I, I just do not understand how, with the exception of some minor gameplay things that we've talked about before, I just don't see how it stands apart from League of Legends. I mean, I, I've got League of Legends now, I don't really care to be excited for Dota 2 at this point. Maybe as it's closer to the release right. and as it identifies itself more clearly and more distinctly, but right now I just couldn't care less about Dota. And I think that honestly lends a lot more credit to your side of the free-to-play argument. <laughs> I mean, because realistically they're going to – I mean, they're going to have people play it. You know, there, there's no doubt they're going to have people play it. But in order to really entice a, a large amount of people, at least into playing it for a while, they'll have to – give them a reason. Right. right. I mean, there's no doubt. 
Well, you know what? While we're on the subject of free-to-play, why don't I go next for, for my uh, game of the week? Oh, sure. But, oh, one last thing, just sure, for, yeah. uh, just to help uh, anybody out that hasn't experienced awesomeness, uh, GOG.com, good old games, or GOG.com, is selling The Witcher 2 for $30 this weekend. So if, uh, if you don't have it, get it. If you like no. role-playing games, ex- unlike Dave, then uh, get it. <laughs> That, Dave, what level are you in The Witcher 2? I'm I'm not sure you can have levels in that game, can you? <laughs> I think this is a trick. Oh, poor Dave Perkins doesn't even know there's levels in Witcher 2. Well, he's no Dave, In Witcher well, 2, did you opt for uh, the Scoia'tael or for the advisor? Like, at that big point in the story branch, which did you choose? Man. That's a tough one too. That's a spoiler. Not really. <laughs> Actually, it kind of is. You know what? Like, if I was being all anal about spoilers, I would be like, "Tom, Jake, you just spoiled something in Witcher too. You jerk." Put a, put a spoiler tag on that one. Uh, so, so, Dave, what was your choice there? I chose the latter. <laughs> I chose the path less traveled. That's right. Uh, I, I chose the one that would bring me to level zero. Because <laughs> that's where you are. Very good. So. You could have been a contentious choose to stay. <laughs> uh, well, for thirty dollars, you can change that. Although I really don't, I think you should you should voluntarily pay more than thirty dollars to those guys. Right. Witcher Two is, I, you know, it's one of the best written games you can play out there. I just oh. having having recently seen uh, Game of Thrones and sort of really appreciated what you can do with this kind of cool low fantasy. I just I, I love Witcher Two is just a best case example of that kind of thing in a video game. Those guys just. Give them more than $30. Pshaw. Yes. It's, what platform is it on? PC, it right. Is only a, yeah, it's only on the PC. They're doing it. It's coming out. It's coming out for the right. 360, so you, can up, so you can raise your gamer score while playing. But I think that's a 2012 deal. All right, so what is your gamer score now, Tom? Mine? Yeah. Oh, good Lord, I don't know. Uh, you know, actually, I do know because I think I'm like 500 away from it being 50,000. So... Uh, let me do some quick math. Like something like forty nine thousand five hundred some odd. Man, you're eight thousand ahead of me. God. Oh, I'm ahead so of you. Is that yeah. is that some kind of number that sort of in total describes your success on that platform? I wouldn't say success so much as time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Right. Success is a, a an odd choice. <laughs> Uh, a lot of the gamer score stuff, Dave Perkins, is just weird little like grinding and playing things over, and uh, so it, it's it's you know what if I here's a question. So similarly, if you could press a button to level up, if you could turn off all achievements and gamer score points in a video game on the 360, would you? No. And I would, I would, because I hate how. It distracts me, and it makes me do things I wouldn't otherwise do. And I have no self-control. So if I could say to my Xbox Live account, you know what, don't track my achievements or gamer score points, I would do that. Well, I mean, you can do what I do, which is turn off uh, notifications. And no, no, because I want to know about it. If it's in there, I want to know when I've got one. <laughs> I, I usually play, and uh, after I'm done playing, before I, I turn it off or whatever, I just like, oh, look what I got, you know, whatever. Now, I want to know as it happens, and I want to know what I just did to make it happen, and I want to know how close I am to making another one happen. Well, all right, then. <laughs> You're like me with the steamies, I guess. 
Uh, all right, so uh, that's it for your game of the week. Oh. Chris of the Ancients 2, not even out, but uh, hopefully you can get it in the beta. And yes, then... and there's a couple more days of tournament uh, for a million dollars, and the replays are up on Dota2.com that you can watch some with commentary, which is, oh, or some without, which is just silence and confusion. <laughs> so pick your poison. So... Could you listen to a different language, like the German commentators, and when they just sound like the same, except with a slight German accent? Yeah. Like, nein, 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 schnell. I would like to actually listen to the commentary in another language because it would probably make more sense than listening to the commentary in English. Like, if you listen to a commentary track, not commentary track, if you listen to, the, like, the in-game commentary, whatever, like sports commentary for a game that you don't understand the mechanics, it might as well be listening to it in German or Japanese or French. Well, sure. True. Yeah. And I know this from having tried to watch sporting events. Sporting things. Sporting things like the soccer and whatnot. All right, well, my game of the week, normally it's a game that we love. Uh, that's what we normally pick. Uh, I don't know that I've done this yet. I forget. But I'm instead, for a game of the week, game of the week going to pick a game that I loathe. I mm. cannot stand Age of Empires Online. I think those guys have absolutely sabotaged what makes an RTS good. Now, just to briefly spell out how they're doing it, uh, they have this idea that they'll sell you a faction separately. You can play free-to-play, you jump in, you create a city, you pick your faction, whatever you can play, and that's fine. You don't have to pay a nickel. But what they want you to do is they want you to pay $20 for a faction that you want to play. Now, that right off the bat, I think, is a misreading for how many people enjoy RTSs. When you get an RTS, it's a package of all these different factions you can pick. You know, sure. StarCraft II being a classic example. When you play StarCraft II, sure, you might want to gravitate towards one faction or the other, but you should probably try all of them, especially if you want to play competitively. One of the best ways to understand a faction that you're playing against is to play as that faction. So immediately, by selling factions separately, I think they're limiting the way many of us play RTSs. Now, that said, okay, that's not that big a deal. Let's say that Casual players just want their one faction. That's all they want to play. That's fine. What they have then done, and where I object even more strenuously than I do to them selling factions individually, is how much content is locked behind a mandatory grind. When you first Mm. play your faction in Age of Empires Online, you have pretty much nothing unlocked. You can build spearmen. You can build the the basic infantry. You can't age up to get the better units. You can't uh, you can't boom your economy by uh, buying technological upgrades for your economy. Uh, you can't uh, build units like priests that do the fancy additions. Uh, furthermore, each time you know you've got to play these different missions, many of them over and over again to get experience. And as you get experience points, you then tick a little mark on a tech tree, and you're unlocking stuff. But the leveling is so slow. It is such a drawn-out process. And they build in such nitpicky little crafting bits where you attach a doodad to one of your units to give him plus 1% damage. You know, that's your reward after grinding a match for a while. Is one of your units, you can pick which one, gets maybe plus 1% damage or plus 5% health or something like that. It's all built around this unlocking and this grinding for minor stats. And and the the analogy I would make, you guys may not be big RTS players, but all of us know how chess works, right? Yeah. You know, chess, you've got yes. 
16 pieces on each side. The other guy has the same 16 pieces. Go. Imagine you got sold a chess set, and for the first 20 games, you only get pawns. There you go. Have at it. Enjoy your chess game with only pawns. Now, once you've played these 20 games, we're going to give you one bishop. Go ahead. You know, put that in there. Now you get six or eight pawns and a bishop. Have at it. You're playing chess. Rock and roll. Yeah, but wait. Can't, can't some of your pawns have a slightly better attack? One of your pawns, yes. You're, well, actually, uh, it's a global thing that applies to all pawns. will do plus 1% damage. And if you grind, maybe it'll do plus 1.5% damage. Oh, man. And so what this does is it, it keeps all of the content locked up behind. And that's what, by the way, that's why I personally play RTSs is because when you play a match, whether you, chess is like this too, the way it can unfold can vary so many ways based on choices you make. But those choices are removed in Age of Empires Online, and they're locked up behind this mandatory grind, behind this leveling up. Uh, Even if you purchase a faction? Yep, even if you purchase a faction. You're not making your way past that unlock. So when you purchase a faction, you've still just got the eight pawns. That's all you get. Can you you buy more? Wow. That's weird. What they are selling, however, these $20 factions, they are selling basic functionality in a real-time strategy game often includes a skirmish mode, right? You just sure. want to play the AI. You have sure. to, it's not available yet. It'll be available in a few months, and you'll have to pay oh. $10 for the skirmish mode in, yeah. in Age of Empires Online. Um, but I just, I really loathe the approach they've taken. And the, the sad part is the fundamental RTS gameplay is not that bad. I can imagine that once you unlock stuff, and I've played, I've probably logged at least 30 hours in this game. Uh, I'm well past halfway to the level cap, and there's still just a lot of content that I can't play with that I haven't unlocked. Uh, I can imagine that once you've unlocked everything, there's a decent RTS here, but just their approach to it just kills my interest, and I think it runs counter to why most people play RTSs. And I can't stand that they've done this because I love Age of Empires Online 3 after a couple of expansions. I love how far that game has come. And this is just a huge just kick in the nuts to what makes Age of Empires great. Yeah, just so, spend a few extra bucks and get Shogun too. It's better. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you think that it's uh, an attempt at a more creative marketing scheme or just a simple money grab? I think it's it's you know what it it's Microsoft trying to adapt to this new money scheme. Yeah, it's it's an attempt to adapt to this new business model. I think Blizzard even said of StarCraft 2 after the fact or maybe it was someone at Activision said, "You know what? We could have monetized this better." I think they told their investors, "You know, we sold this as a retail package for $60 to get all of it." we could have done a better job. And even they have experimented with this idea of the the next two StarCraft II releases are going to be basically campaigns for each of the additional factions that adds new stuff. So when they were making StarCraft II, at one point they announced, you know what, we're not going to do the whole game at one whack. We're going to sell it in three installments. Which Uh, is when I completely got irritated. (laughs) <laughs> but you know what? To their credit, I get the sense when I'm playing StarCraft 2 that it feels like a full game. Oh, I wonder sure. 
I play and I wonder, you know, how are they going to address, it is so carefully balanced, how are they going to fold new stuff in there? And that's a good thing, that I feel that way, that I don't feel like I'm missing two-thirds of the game. When I play Age of Empires Online, even after 30 hours of, of grinding, of playing the same missions over and over again, of sitting there and waiting for my guys to get enough food and wood and gold to age up before anything exciting happens, you know, putting in that mandatory five minutes of just economic buildup, after doing this dozens and dozens of times, I still feel like I don't have half of the game yet. Uh, so I, I, to answer your question, Dave, I think it's Microsoft just making a horribly misguided attempt at floating a new business model. And I never say this about games, but I hope it fails because I think it's a, it's a, terrible, it's a terrible approach at a new business model, and it does damage to the gameplay. Amen. I don't think there's any chance it'll succeed. You know what? I, I said the same thing about uh, their their Halo RTS, and that that apparently did gangbusters. So don't I? I'm a terrible prognosticator, but we'll we'll see. Uh, so. All right, so that's my game of the week. It's a non-game of the week. I cannot stand it. Uh, I I, oh, I just it just I I just want to holler. So I'm gonna holler real quick. There, that was my response to uh, Age of Empires Online. So uh, let's have a, let's have a, a, a slightly more uh, rational, reasoned choice from Dave Perkins for Game of the Week. What do you have for us? Hopefully, not something that just makes you very angry. First of all, what level are you in Age of Empires Online? Twenty-five. I actually know the answer to that <laughs> because because by golly, that level advances so slowly. It's like World of Warcraft. You know, you hit those first five levels. Oh, this is easy. You hit level ten. It's like, well, I guess it's slowing up a little bit. You hit level twenty. It takes forever to get to the next level, and the rewards are so minimal when you level up. So, there you go. like every fourth pawn will be able to shoot a flaming arrow <laughs> if I'm lucky. If you're lucky, yeah. So my game is a board game. How, what do you think of that? Oh, I love that. that. Okay? I think Jason T. McMaster does as well. We're way on board with board games. Oh, yes. Sweet. There's a recommend me a board game thread on quarter to three, so I know there's a lot of love for the board game. Huh? Um, and a game that just came out in the last month or so is Small World Underground, and uh, it's the sequel to Small World. It's a standalone game. Have either of you ever played it? I really... I want to play Small World, and I've heard a lot about it, but I've never played it. Well, here's a good way you could participate if you're interested. Um, Mysterio, uh, he posts on quarter to three, uh, maybe maybe four months ago, decided to start hosting Small World games uh, on Board Game Geek, where they have a die rolling, you know, random generator. There's not much die rolling in Small World, and I'll I'll describe it briefly. Uh, for the sake of everybody. Uh, but anyway, this is very little luck. Um, but anyway, he photoshopped everything, and he, he uh, updates the board, and he does a great job. And uh, when I said I donated money to a gaming cause, I got four other people to join me in purchasing Small World Underground for him as a thank you when it came out, because he is, he, I don't know how many hours he's sunk into hosting these games for us, and he doesn't even play in them himself. And so, like Hans Loring, the aforementioned, mm-hmm. and uh, Wahoo, uh, I know those two from Quarter to Three have played in Mysterio's Small World games on the Geek. Uh, anyway, real quick, Small World is uh, played on a little map with little provinces uh, that adjoin each other. They, they have different characteristics, like mountainous and swampy. 
and uh, each player chooses a race and an adjective which are matched at random. For example, the races might be, there are the typical fantasy races like uh, skeletons and orcs and trolls, but the adjectives uh, modify the powers of the, of the creatures. Um, the adjectives are things like mercenary or alchemist or berserk uh, or merchant. And so you might, uh, at the beginning of the game, flip over five pairs of these and get, say, merchant halflings as your first choice. And the second choice might be the ransacking tritons and so on. And you pick one of these race combos. And if you want to pick one further down the list, you pay for it. So kind of automatically it's balanced in the sense that if you want a really good combo that came up, you'll, you may have to pay for it to get it ahead of the other people. And then you grab a little stack of tokens and you play them onto a map and you attack each other. There's no luck in the attacking uh, unless uh, you roll the die for your very last attack. There's a little tiny bit of luck. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that matching of the adjective and the noun is what makes the game especially brilliant to me and eminently re- replayable. I honestly can't even think of the day when I'll stop playing it. I just can't. Now, it's a little uh, bit like Dominion's. If I'm not mistaken, doesn't it, uh, the idea is you shouldn't get too attached to one of these because you're cycling through different civilizations over the course of a game, right? Right. You spread out, typically, and then you decline. One of your turns can just be uh, to decline your race. You flip all your race tokens over. They're all removed from the board except for one per region that you occupy. And then, so they're kind of weak, but they still score for you while you have an active race. Your next active race comes on the board. So everybody has two races on the board, one they can play with, and the other one which is just sort of sitting there, um, but still scoring for you. So the model, though, basically, why I bring that up is it sounds pretty cool, and not many uh, board games or strategy games do this. The model is sort of the role of history. Like, as history goes on, there's the, the rise and fall of different civilizations. Is that part of how it feels? Yeah, exactly. And it's... Well, actually, when I heard about the game the first, I thought it was going to be more like an epic sort of game, which might take two hours, you know, to play, and that there would be sort of a big investment in your civilization. But there really is not. You, you might even just spread out on turn one and decline it on turn two. There's just very little attachment to your your dudes here. Mm-hmm. And the games last, if you play them in person, maybe half an hour. Um, so it's real quick. Now, who uh, – w- what – what does the uh, expansion add? You said it was called Small World Under Underworld Underground. Underground. It's got uh, new maps. Um, the map size changes based on the number of players from two to five, and the terrain is different, and all the races are different, and all the adjectives are different. Uh, so the new game's got ogres, spiderines, shadow mimes. <laughs> wow. Yeah, flames. Uh, and each each race has a power, too. Like, the Shadow Mimes, if you choose them, you can instantly swap their adjective with any of the other adjectives that are currently being displayed. So they're kind of miming another race. Um, whereas the Spiderines can uh, treat every region on the board as adjacent uh, to every chasm. That's a kind of territory you can... So it's like they're spinning webs and zapping, zipping around from one place to another on the map. You know what, D- uh, Dave Perkins, damn you, 
I just ordered a bunch of board games, and now you've got me where I'm going to – because I've been hearing about this thing for a long time. I've wanted to pick it up. Nobody's really explained the, the dynamics of it to me. I've just heard bits and pieces here and there. And you now freaking have – you've just made me like $50 poor. I hope you're happy. It's so good. It really is good. I can't – if, if I had to keep five board games, and I've been trying to whittle my board game collection from about 30 down to five by trading on Board Game Geek, uh, I would keep it. For sure. And is there an so, iPhone? I'm sorry. Can I play this on my iPhone? I think you can play it on an iPad. It's probably too complex, uh, too big of a board. Uh, but I think there's an iPad version of the original. Small uh, World. And does it does it work well as a two-player game? Oh, yeah. Really good. How it's, good? Uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I'm just curious how good at uh, Small World is Michelle? Um... I don't know if she's played it more than one. Uh, no, no, she hasn't played that game. Right. She typically, by her own admission, not I guess admission's not the right word, by her own declaration, she uh, learns a game and then just completely kicks ass at it. And then the second time around, her fortunes are entirely reversed. And so she tends to play a game once. I mean, why not, you know? Right. Go out a winner. All right. I've, seen it, I've seen it myself. I can't believe so, so is there just the one expansion? Am I only going to have to buy one game and one expansion, or are there multiple expansions for this thing? Uh, Small World comes. Uh, Small World has several expansions that cost in the ten dollar range, and they all they add, for the most part, are new nouns and adjectives to match up. So new creatures, and I mean, if you play with all of the um, expansions. I don't know mathematically how many combinations there are, but there's got to be a tremendous amount, hundreds, hundreds, hundreds. You'll never play the same game twice. They'll come out in a different order, too. So, anyway, Small World Underground doesn't have any expansions yet, but it's it's pretty much in the cards, you know, what's going to happen. Oh, great pick. I am sold. Uh, Jason T. McMaster. uh, Go ahead. How much is I was going to ask how much Ascension is. Ascension is twenty five bucks, and I accidentally bought two copies of it when I when I uh, just recently did a big old board game order. Uh, I bought Ascension and the ex- the expansion for that, which is actually kind of a separate standalone game. You don't you, you don't necessarily fold in all the cards. Uh, gotcha. But uh, I uh, I actually have two copies of it. So if anybody wants a copy of of Ascension, come on over. I have a spare one. You all can right. have mine. I'm, you play it on your uh, phone though, right? Oh, that's uh, two ninety nine, I think. Yeah, that's one of the ex- oh. more expensive iPhone games. Uh, yeah. But that's so. what you're using for the tournament? Yes, the iPhone version for the tournament. And it's the asynchronous turns where you can, it's like play by email. You just take your turn. It logs it into the server. And the next time the other guy fires up his iPhone, his turn is waiting. Or if you're both there at the same time, you can see each other's moves. It plays like a live uh, multiplayer Brilliant. game. So yeah, um, off ask Didums if he plans to run another tournament. I, I think there will be another one, yeah. And especially now that you've uh, made me however much poorer I'm going to be when I buy Small World, I think <laughs> I think you owe it to me, Dave Perkins, to buy a copy of Ascension. You too, Jason T. McMaster. All right, we'll see. <laughs> All right, so I think you you got me hooked. Good. Well, those are our games of the week. Uh, Dota Two isn't out yet. Age of Empires Online, loathsome. Uh, small World Underground. Get it. There Brilliant. Brilliant. Get it. Uh, so, Dave, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Congratulations on coming in second place. You didn't lose. 
you came in second place, my friend, in the Frozen Synapse tournament. I like the way you think. Uh, so Thank you. You're very welcome. Uh, we will be back next week. Uh, we may have another guest. Dave Perkins, you can come back. Let us know how the second, the beta tournament is going. We'll have you back to tell us about that at some point. Um, All right. It'll probably be about a month. Okay. We look forward to hearing about it. Jason T. McMaster, what are we bringing folks next week? Uh, the funk. Um, we are bringing folks the games of the week and news of the week and forum posts of the week. Good idea. I think we should do that. So join us for that next week. I am Tom Chick. I've been joined by Jason T. McMaster, Dave Perkins, and uh, we will see everyone here next week. Good night. I wake up in the morning, hold my hands and pray for rain. I got a head full of ideas that are driving me insane. It's a shame the way she makes me scrub the floor. Ah, Maggie's farm.